Hello, and welcome to The Executive Appeal, a show that convenes the world's most powerful and successful leaders to share mentoring and career advancement advice to help you successfully transition into senior level executive positions. I'm your host, Alex Trimble, award-winning speaker, author, and leadership expert with over a decade of experience coaching and advising some of our nation's most senior level government leaders. So if you're ready to reach your goals, let's get started. Hello, everyone. My name is Alex Trimble, and this is The Executive Appeal. As you know, this show, as long as, as well as everything I do, coaching, speaking, consulting, it's all laser-focused on helping organizations prepare high-performing leaders from all, from all walks of life how to successfully transition to and excel in the senior-level positions. And this is why I bring on these phenomenal guests to share their stories and their ideas with all of you. And if you and your organization are serious about developing diverse and highly effective senior leadership teams, I encourage you to reach out. Visit alextrimble.com or reach me at team at alextrimble.com. I'd love to discuss with you how you and I can work together to create the organization of your dreams, right? To reach your DEI and leadership development goals. Next, the executive pill is now one of the top 5%, yes, 5% most popular shows in the world when it comes to podcasts as of yet. Uh, what's it called? Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> and this didn't happen by accident. It happened because of you, all of your support. And so I, I ask, I encourage you to continue to show your support. Click the like, okay? Um, leave your thoughts and ask questions in the comment section. I know our guests love to hear from you. And finally, take the time to share this episode with at least two people today. Now, with no further ado, let me say, today is a good day. <laughs> See, today we have Kofi Coleman, who serves as the president and CEO of the Municipal Theater Association of St. Louis, otherwise known as the Muni. He has held a number of positions at the Muni, including managing director, where he played a key role in Muni's successful $100 million second year, sorry, second centenary, second century capital campaign. Oh my God, I'm just too excited, ready to meet this guy. Look, Kofi is also uh, the board president of the National Alliance for Music Theater. And, and he is an active contributor to the St. Louis community, serving in roles such as a trustee on the St. Louis University High School Board and the Commerce Bank Board of Advisors. How are you doing, brother? Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. I think I agree with you. It's a good day, mostly because it's Friday also. Um, so that has something to do with it. But no, it, it, it's great to be here. Uh, it's, it's an honor to get to chat with you to be on this podcast. I have looked uh, at the list of people I've watched that follow the podcast. Uh, like I said to you before we start recording, I don't know what I'm doing here, but uh, uh, it's, it, it, it's an honor to get to talk about uh, the work I get to do and, and hopefully give some some good ideas, some advice, whatever, whatever you want to talk about. I'm I'm, uh, I'm happy to be I'm happy to celebrate your success as well. So uh, it's, it's a great you're right. It's a great day. It's a great day. It's, it's a, look, no, no. I said it was a good day. I think I said it was a good oh, day. Oh, oh, you you oh. said it was a great day. So now, maybe you all, forgot it's already Friday. over here elevating maybe, us. Hey, you, I think you forgot it's Friday. So it's, it's somewhere <laughs> between good and it's great. It's just a great you day. You keep but saying not, Friday and this show is supposed to be li airing live. I need you to calm that one down. Oh, I'm not, <laughs> it's Monday. 
It's for them. It's, it's Monday. It's for them. It's Friday somewhere every day. It's Friday somewhere. So, kind sir. Yeah. As I started diving into your 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 past, um, I was looking for those those skeletons, right? That 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 that, that juicy that juicy information. And and something you did in the past is made me think and wanted to ask you a little more about it. See, when I was growing up, you know, in my college career, I served, uh, I actually got to work at a, a women's abuse shelter. Um, and it was really, it was a really great learning opportunity, but it was extremely emotionally taxing, right? Because yeah. you're around people yeah. who are, who are going through an extremely tough time in their life, um, both physically and emotionally, right? Um, I have some stories we can talk about, but when I saw that you used to work at the Southern Center for Human Rights um, and, and you were the death penalty investigator. And I, I, I looked into that. And one thing you said was that it was I'm not sure if it was part of your job or something you chose to do. But you said that you built relationships with each person you you worked with so you could understand their unique situation. I, I want to start us off with saying, one, can you tell us a little more about that really quickly? But two. <laughs> Isn't building relationships with people who are in challenging situations, isn't that emotionally draining? And how did you go about doing that? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And you did go back in the uh, in the archives here. You know that. Yeah, that um, that was that was a time in my life where uh, that that work meant so much uh, to me. And I, I will say it's something that I carry with me. It doesn't matter what I go, what to do next or go on after that. Uh, while the important, yeah, building those relationships was draining, but like uh, relative, you know, sure, it's difficult for me, but I'm building those relationships because there's a, some, someone in those cases that was uh, on death row that shouldn't mm-hmm. or didn't, you know, so whatever discomfort that is for me, it was in comparison to the reality, uh, with my temporary discomfort versus their uh, uh, perpetual reality, it, it, they're not even in the same conversation. Uh, you know, my goal at those moments was to do the best job possible for them. Um, and, and you can't do that without a real emotional investment. And that's that's true of any job. But in those moments, it was I got to make sure I understand everywhere their head, their head has been, where their head is at. And they need to to be able to trust that the work I was doing was to get them truly for the purpose of getting out of the situation that they didn't belong in. Also, at that point, I'm I'm in my early 20s. That was a, a long time and a lot of hair ago, you know. What I mean? And so it was, it was, um, it was. Those clients were also demographically, you know, very very simple people. You know, the uh, most of the clients that we had, or the people that we were taking working for at SCHR, were were, were young men of of color, right? And so I'm I'm going into prisons and and. And we're looking, we're investing in their cases and, and save for some opportunities and some moments in your own life that, that uh, are trajectory building from background to, to families, all those things, you could end up in the same situation or not. So it, in those ways, it wasn't incredibly difficult to, mm-hmm. to try to build those relationships for getting their shoes because you, you have a whole lot more in common than, than, you, than you might think. Um, but to your question, is it emotionally? draining, taxing, well, whichever word you want to use, yes. But is that, I think, a requirement or, or a necessity to do a good job? Well, uh, w- without question. 
Yeah. I mean, okay. I'll just share really quickly. Um, I still have a, um, this number. There's, there's two moments that, man, I'm trying to tear up, actually. There's two moments of that job that, that have stuck with me forever. Um, one was that I was, um, I also managed the, the, the line, the, the pickup line. So, so people would call that line when, um, when something was going on, if they needed help. And this was, so it's a 24 hour line. And I remember a woman calling one night and she was whispering and she was scared and she, she wanted help. And we have this, this list of questions that we go down to collect the right information yeah. and so on and so forth. And she's sharing all this information and all of a sudden she's, oh my God, he's back. Click. Right. Oh and, yeah. 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 And the one thing they, the, the, one of the first things they teach us is you don't call back because what if they're hiding? Mm, and the phone rings. Yeah, you, you can't, you can't right. exaggerate that situation. Sure, sure, sure. And, and so that, that has stuck with me, just the, the important work that you know, we all do, but also especially, I mean, not we all, but people in those types of work do, yeah. but also just how, how we can be tied to the well-being of someone and not have control over how, how everything's going to end up. And how do you feel like, how can you be tied to someone's, someone's future, but you have no control over it, you know? Yeah. And that, that, I mean, that was part of, um, when I left SCHR and I, and I, and I came to the Muni, part of it was exactly that, right? So you can do everything right. You know what I mean? You, you uh, in that job, you can answer the phone, you can go through the checklist, uh, even doing everything right also includes saying, don't call back, which feels counterintuitive. You can investigate the case and present all the evidence and it can go to appeal, whichever thing it is, and, and nothing changed, right? Mm -hmm. uh, um, and so you then start to have to figure out, well, okay, how do I get further ahead of this problem then? Mm -hmm. You know, for me, um, coming back to a place that I've worked before in a community that I worked in, if I was seeing a bunch of young people, youngest people, some of them similar to me, demographic, most of them demographically similar, they're ending up in this system because of a few things, because of things that they did, opportunities they didn't have, uh, a system that, that they didn't have to work or exist in before they got to that age. If I can't, if it's too hard to get them out of it, how do you stop them from getting into it? Right. And that's, I think that's a question that, that uh, I don't think I was, I'm, I'm unique in that, in, in that question. I think a lot of us say, okay, so let me, let me start going backwards in time. Yeah. How can, how can I adjust it? And that, that was part of coming back and it would, would get to it. That was part of coming back home uh, to St. Louis and coming back to the community uh, in an opportunity where we can create opportunity, right? We, we, we can change some of those trajectories for people too. So, um, but yeah, that, that it's a helpless feeling, right? Because it's like, yeah. okay, I bet for you, you want to write down that address and you're like, Hey, I'm going to mm -hmm. pull up and help, you know, um, let, let me, you know, I'm not going to leave this person in a situation. So it is it, the, the helplessness that's in those situations. I think that's a harder, it's really a harder feeling than even the, the trying to put yourself in there. You know, we talk about developing the relationship and is that taxing? Yeah. But the, but I think it's much harder to, to be like, I, I believe there's more I can do, which is not mm -hmm. in the system for me to do it in. So now what, 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 what do I do with that feeling? You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, so you said that that ultimately drove you back home. 
Um, I'm assuming St. Louis is home. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, my, my family's from God. I'm, I'm, I'm first generation, so like it depends. You know, um, if if any of my uncles or aunts are watching this across the ocean, like I, I know where home is. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna get you in trouble, bro. No, yeah, born born and raised, uh, born and raised here in St. Louis. I so lived you, in Atlanta for a while, obviously for SCHR for college, but yeah, I came back here. So, so if everyone heard, he, he said he lived in Hotlanta. Um, I, 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 I keep calling it that just to mess with people. I know yeah. people at Atlanta are like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> okay, 2002 is calling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you came back, you came back to, to Louisville and you came back to the- St. Louis, uh, St. Louis. St. St. Louis, sorry. Um, came back to St. Louis and, and you took a role that, some would say, like, why would you even take that role? Like you, you began there, the uni, as an usher, and 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 not the usher that sings and dances and like a multimillionaire. No um, see me do that. <laughs> you're the usher who was who was who was helping people, willing people to their chairs, and and then guiding people through the organization, like to to the, to the place. Yeah. Why? So that I mean, when I was so when I was an usher, when I was first an usher, I was that that started way back. I'm 16 years old, growing up in high school, and I'm doing that job here. Why? Because I, the truth of it, I ended up working the media in the summers as a high school kid. My oldest sister worked here, so uh, the the car was going one place for work in the evening. So uh, <laughs> she's older, so you know she got she has dibs. Um, and no, but the truth of it is, is, is uh, she worked here. She worked here, and this is the most St. Louis of stories. My mom's best friend's husband uh, was the person, was the mail carrier that delivered to the Muni. So the thing about the, the, the Muni here is it's like one of these summer jobs every kid in the city is trying to get. You know, yeah, yeah. Job. So you got to know somebody that knows somebody. So Mr. Johnson uh, hooked my sister up. So that's how the family got linked into, uh, into working here. But, you know, so I started working here. I stayed here, I would say, because... Um, it was just a unique experience. This place is a crossroads of community. It, it really is a confluence of, 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 of all the segments of St. Louis coming together, where you know you can always continue to grow how each segment is represented. But at the end of the day, um, from a socioeconomic demographic, whichever metric you want to use level, we are bringing a community together to celebrate not only art, but to celebrate the sense of, of together. And at that, at 16 or 17, do I realize what that is? Absolutely not. But at 16 or 17, do you feel uh, joy in the place where you are? Do you feel like you're meeting a ton of people that you may or may not have known in a different life or a different world? Absolutely that. You, you can't mistake that. Um, and so I kept coming back in the summers. You know, so to fast forwarding to your point, when I moved back uh, as, as, a, as a full real adult, um, when they called, it was... It wasn't a hard consideration because I knew what it felt like to be here. Mm. And at that point, now I'm in my 20s, so you know a little bit more. And, and you can see that it's an opportunity that maybe I could do something. Talking about the previous work, uh, there are people who do that for their, their, their entire lives. And those, they deserve statues, trophies, and capes, right? They do. They do. To do mm -hmm. that, you a person like a... Uh, and we aren't even, I, I, we're not in the same stratosphere. So I've mentioned a name like Brian Stevenson as, as a hero in what that work, that type of work is. We see a lot of people like that. I, I had to find a way that I was like, I, I can make a difference uh, in, in my way. And so coming back to a place that you already knew how to foothold in a community that could use some, some 
some support that could use some some injection of of, of dedication was was uh, was an opportunity. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna take that chance. Well, I, I need you to talk a little more about just to educate. I, I know it. I, I'm I, I did my homework. I need you to <laughs> educate the audience on the sure. Muni because the Muni is, is it's not only the largest outdoor musical theater in North America. It's it. Can you tell us a little more about the Muni. So, uh, I mean, you hit, you hit one of the bullet points on that. It, it's the largest one. It's also the oldest, one of the most historic. So we're 105 years old this year. So it's, um, it's an 11,000 seat musical theater in the heart of St. Louis, Missouri. We, we're dead center in St. Louis uh, in, in this municipal park. It, um, we, we produce, so we not, not present, but produce uh, seven large scale musicals, Broadway's caliber musicals, but bigger than, broad, I mean, Bigger than Broadway in the sense that if you look at the scale of our house, we're 11,000 seats. Broadway houses are about 1,500. Uh, so just if you look at the scale, it, it's this is this is stadium seating, um, and we do seven musicals. Uh, everybody is relatively familiar with musical theater. Uh, the stories that are told on stage continue to evolve and continue to be increasingly representative uh, of of all of uh, American history, as opposed to certain segments. And I think that that's really important. Um, but how we do it, I think, is is what keeps our relationship with this community. There's a balance of, of national Broadway, television, you name it, stars that are on our stage. But there are also people from this community who are beginning their careers as performers, highly talented kids, teenagers, adults that are part of that show. We 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 employ 900 people in this community every every summer. Uh, but we also make sure we welcome all the community, and we have of that 11,000. Uh, 9,000 and change are paid seats, 1,500 are free every night. There are, there are, we remove, we we're trying to move every barrier to, to the access to art possible so that everyone has an opportunity to experience it. Uh, I have the opportunity to experience it. I have zero talent, right? I'm not going to be on a stage ever. <laughs> this, this, you know, this podcast, this is as much broad appeal as, as I get and, and like more than I deserve. But the truth of it is, being in this place, you see career paths, or you see an opportunity to use a skill set that you have, or talent that you have, to 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 belong, uh, to belong to something. So, uh, our history ties us into this community in a really really deep way. We've always been, in the, like I said, the heart, the center of the community. We make uh, really significant investments in, in education and outreach, and uh, as well. So, in that way, we have. Uh, the footholds, the, the relationships, the inroads to, to to impact or affect some some evolution, and so that that's that's what you know. That's a, that's a long and short, more long than short uh, of, of what the place <laughs> is. When you talk about the art, unbelievable. Um, like I said, I'm not the talent. We have a we have a fantastic production and artistic team, and they put on they put some shows. They put on some shows. Uh, it's something. It's something to see. Um, and then you see that audience, you see generations, you see people here. It, it's it's incredible. You you spoke about that capital campaign earlier. We just finished raising uh, $101 million because people Ooh. in this community believe enough to make sure that we have to make sure this thing is is here forever. My job is, you know, I, I took over just as returning one hundred and two hundred and three. 203, make sure that there's somebody, this thing exists so that when they turn 200, there's a whole different set of people here. Um, and and it's it's an incredible feeling uh, when this place is full and it's a summer night. We run those seven shows. I should say we're outdoors, so we run those seven shows over nine weeks. So we're gonna do forty nine nights of musicals, 
about $20 million worth of business. They want to do it in, in uh, about 10 weeks. And then we all take a small break and come back uh, about early September and get right back to it. That, that is, that's crazy. Let's go in you know, 10 weeks. That's crazy. I, I got to throw something by you. So you, you, okay. you, you talked about representation. Um, mm-hmm. How do you told that line? I've heard you talk about this before. The, the difference between, you know, creating a good line of art for that, for your time versus pushing an agenda. It, <laughs> you said, how do we do that? How we told that line? It's uh, once I've figured it out, I'll let you know. Um, it, you, uh, carefully, responsibly, but um, what I say, uh, intentionally. I think those mm-hmm. are the, the those are the three uh, L Y words, as we like to say that 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 have that that you have to they have to follow. And I mean that uh, responsibly and intentionally is in this stage and this institution has to reflect the community that we say that we serve. And St. Louis is uh, is a number of zip codes, not only the ones that are highly represented here. St. Louis is a lot of different cultures, people, types of people, um, belief systems, political beliefs. And you know, we 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 don't have a we don't have a political stance. We don't have a, 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 a um, we don't have a, a specific faith. We are a theater that serves all of St. Louis. Um, and you, and so you have to be intentional in making sure that uh, everyone's story is represented on stage. That's harder and harder for anybody in the world, not just us as a theater, because um, the po- one of the positive things we've seen in the last five years to a, dec- to a decade is that people are far more aware of who they are individually, you know, and they are also... Uh, not just aware of who they are, but they're, but they're comfortable in that. And and when that happens, that that definition of a, of an individual becomes hyper specialized, hyper specific, and you have to make sure that you're re- you're representing all of those things. So um, we do that, and it's also carefully to say that we you want to make sure that your audience, uh, the stories that we tell on stage, uh, the musicals, they're written. We're not rewriting these shows, right? We're not changing. Mm-hmm the content of the show, but it is important to say that, um, what's a, what's an example? Uh, Cinderella can look like multiple different, uh, right. Uh, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the family of Mary Poppins can represent, um, a, a, a mixed race family because at the end of the day, whether or not you believe that a mixed race family is a realistic thing. This is a show about a nanny flying with an umbrella. So, um, you know, let's not get too, let's not get too deep. And, 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 but, but beyond that, also the family in a very real story should be mm-hmm. because that is, a, that is America. Yeah. Um, and so you do that and, and you do that also knowing that um, that's the role. We're telling real, we're telling people's stories. We're telling, they're not all real stories. We're telling stories on stage and, and they have to, everyone has to come in and say like, oh, that connects to me. And, and, and those connection points are, are, there are so many more now, uh, but institutions, especially our scale, have a responsibility to make sure that we're, we are, we are doing our best to reach, to reach everybody. Are you ready to bring your DEI efforts to the next level? Introducing Alex Tremble. 
a professional speaker who combines expertise and entertainment to create an unforgettable experience for DEI professionals and organizing staff. With a focus on leadership, mentorship, and relationship building, Alex is dedicated to helping organizations attract, develop, and retain diverse and high-qualified leaders. From the 12 pillars of an effective mentoring relationship to the seven must-have leadership skills, Alex provides practical advice that can be immediately implemented. Don't miss out on the opportunity to have Alex at your next event. Contact team at alextrimble.com to book the speaker who will take your organization's diversity and inclusion journey to new heights. You know, I, I got to follow up with that. So you you talked about representation and you talked about the, the, the LYs and intentionality. And, you know, you also have a massive platform, right? Like you're, you are the largest of your, of your kind in, in North America. And that means that it comes along with you, again, having 11,000 seats to fill. So is there a way to to tote the line between maybe giving smaller or more more niche more niche opportunities smaller or more niche shows the opportunity to be on your stage so they can have that the opportunity to to again to be in front of all those people and have their names elevated and what they do elevated while at the same time you got 11,000 seats to fill and you have a staff and you have, <laughs> you got to fill those seats. So, so can you navigate both, um, introduce new ideas, whatnot, or do you always for this drive, got to make sure we got butts and seats? That's a great question. Um, the answer to the question, the short answer is, is yes. There's what, there are things that we can do to, uh, amplify those shows, those, uh, play, those, those, those writers, playwrights, uh, uh, composers, lyricists, all the people, all those individuals that come together to make a show. It's not one person in a room with a typewriter, you know what I mean? It, or, or a computer, whatever. You want to call it. <laughs> typewriter gives a better image, but you know what I mean? I uh, can we put those shows on our stage? Not necessarily. It's not even fair to the show, right? A show that is that is early in its development mm-hmm. or has a really uh, specific niche audience. You do it a disservice when you put it in a scale that's too big to that's so big, it makes it look small no matter what. Mm. And, that's, and that's not fair to a show. Now, what we sh- can do, what we should do, what we are continuing to increase our, our, our um, investment of, of time and capital in is using our platform, our megaphone, our voice, whatever you want to call it, to promote the development of those shows. Should, can they be here? No. But can we partner with, with, a, with a smaller theater in town or a smaller theater nationally? or are even programs. Um, you listen, I'm, I'm the president of the board for the National Alliance for Musical Theaters. NAMT is, is a remarkable organization that, that, that supports the development of new works. The truth of it is, I mean, no, anyone in this business understands a new work is not necessarily going to debut on, in the, on the biggest stage in America. It makes mm-hmm. no sense for it. However, the biggest theater in America, us, we can be highly participatory in NAMT uh, from an investment standpoint, to bringing the right eyes to amplify the message of those shows. And also the people that are the creators of those shows, while they're writing their own smaller musicals, they're also still, they, they got to they keep the lights on the doors open. So they're directing, they're choreographing, they're music mm-hmm. directing the show. So making sure those folks have an opportunity to work here 
on the scale that we're working on to get back in the community, put the right shows on their resume. That's how, that's how we, that's really how we invest because to your point, uh, I also, there are people here that have to eat, right? Like they they have to go. So um, if our shows, if what we do out there doesn't hit, help us hit a bottom line, then then our trajectory becomes something different. Um, There were a lot more theaters of our size 15, 20, 30, 10, even five years ago. Um, and a lot of things completely out of the control of a lot of those theaters has changed that reality. And so we we continue to find that balance and responsibility, both uh, fiscal fiscal responsibility, but also responsibility to the art form, but the greatest being responsibility to the community uh, we serve as an audience and the community we support as, as, as theater makers. You know, you talked about, you know, how do you ensure that this this beautiful, phenomenal theater is around 900 years from now? Um, you know, how do you go about because this is what I love working with organizations with, is, you know, creating intentional leadership pipelines, creating the system so that when Kofi wins the lottery and he's a multi-billionaire and he decides, you know, maybe I'm not going to do this full time. Um, there's someone ready to step into that role. You know, how how are you going about preparing that that leadership behind you and the other leadership positions you have? Well, uh, the, the first thing any of us can do is uh, be an example to those that do and don't look like us to say, like, here, uh, this is a job for you also. You know, so you you do the job well, you do the job uh, responsibly. So number one is, is, uh, you don't lose sight of the responsibility that you have or that I have as an individual beyond keeping the lights on the doors open. I, I, you represent something. We all bring, we all walk into these jobs carrying our identity with us, right? Um, it's important to not try to reinvent an institution to exist in your likeness and image. That's not what the jobs are, but it, but you're not, you don't lose that when you walk into the room either, you know, but you also invest in that next generation. Our internship program, for example, or the 11 education program. Well, I'll back up and say this. We talk about the capital campaign, right? We set aside an endowment within that capital campaign specifically for an education initiative. And we've started a, a remarkable education program um, with great leadership on that end to make sure that we have an investment in that next generation uh, across the board. Not only the people that are Talented enough to be on the stage, but all parts of it. So we want, we're bringing them in early high school, college to see here are careers that you can have mm-hmm. uh, in this business, even if you are not that true triple threat of singing, dancing, and acting. You know, you have uh, the, the single or the half of the no threats uh, amongst us, you know, and that's like, like, like me too. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm with a spreadsheet. That's not it, you know, uh, uh, but. Which is its own, its own thing. People got to know formulas and stuff. Yeah. You you have a spreadsheet. I got six-pack abs. You know, we, we all have what makes us unique. Sure. 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 No, I'm kidding. But but so I think the thing is you want to you really address in that and show them that, show them that the opportunity is is there. And also show them that the, the, the art form or whatever we're doing is not stagnant. Young people right now are super smart, okay? Like they they have access to, to information. They see the world in a way. And so uh, in a way that we're just not used to, right? That we didn't have the access to that, yeah. that information yeah. uh, coming up. So we have to make sure that they 
they they they have a meter. You know the word I'm not saying. They got a meter for knowing what's real or not real uh, in a way that we didn't have. And so uh, you also want to you 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 want their buy-in early to say, hey, this is something that uh, their their desire to also affect change in the communities they're in through their profess through every aspect of their work. I believe is is a higher quotient than we were raised to have. Like you have your job, and then you have all the other stuff you do, and hopefully some of that other stuff helps the world. They don't see it that way, and, and we will we will be a better society for that. They see it in every aspect of life better move this thing forward, uh, and so you want to make sure that you're representing that so that so the highest talent, the best best talented workers, the smartest minds want to be a part of what you're doing going forward. So. Uh, it's important to also not stay stagnant uh, and, to, and to show them. And and when you find those young stars, and I, don't, I just don't mean stars on stage, but stars professionally, you elevate them, put them in positions that they give them aspirational goals um, and support them in, 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 in meeting those goals. And I think that's one of the things that I'm really proud of that I think that, that, that we do here. We don't always, we don't always get it perfect. No one does, but um, that that's, that that's part of it, but I'd go back to the top of the answer. Number one is when we get to whatever positions we're in, uh, it's not just so that we can eat and we can live better or whatever that is. It's just to say, okay, so make sure people are looking at, people are watching. Do it, do it the right way. You know, I, I know, I know we're, we're about to start running against time, so I'm gonna. I'm, I, there's a couple more because I want to squeeze in before I think you said that you got to. Um, you said you got uh, you got to jump off because Ti was. Um, was an audition for one of your roles, but he has a walk on. Okay, he's a walk on. <laughs> and you're gonna be treated just like everybody else. If, um, if we could, if we could get the rights to do Hamilton and Ti one of those one of those roles, I believe strongly he can cover all the lines easily. So anyway, <laughs> and he can do the comedian stuff too. You know, he started doing comedian stuff. Now I'm not sure how good he is at. Wait, but he's yeah, he's a stand up now. So I was. Yeah. So you, I, I was in Atlanta, as you call it, Hotlanta, in like the T-I-G-Z, like robust phase. We're talking 01 to 07, right? So like those, those, that, so uh, obviously my fandom is still there, but I did, I don't know if I, I mean, if T.I. is watching this, I, I, I believe you're funny, but I just don't know that. <laughs> and, all right, I'm about to, I'm about to get on the YouTube after this. I just said the YouTube. How old is you that? You just aged yourself. Just like, yeah, that. yeah, whoa. On YouTube, which doesn't have a duh. I just I went to your 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 website the your website to check it out and I got so excited because I saw you were playing um, Little Shop of Horror and I'm wondering how many people will actually know that movie, but it's a awesome freaking movie. That's 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 your jam, huh? Little Shop. Isn't that like? Come on now. You, you can own it. This is no shame. I do that. Feed me. Damn, man. Feed me, Wow, wow, wow. Uh, okay, is there a question with that? Yes, there was a question. Okay. Where, is, where was that question at? Um, so I'm going to throw it to you. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw the question to you, and okay. then I'm going to share my story, and then okay. you can share yours and give you some time to think about it. Um, so the question is, like, what is the, the, the biggest or most important life lessons you've learned um, from being around the theater? And for me, Mine was that, so in undergrad, I had a, um, uh, I had a theater scholarship, weirdly enough, right? Um, that's I did uh, lights and sound for the theater at the, the college, the university. And the one thing that I've always kept for me, kept for me anyways, is that the audience doesn't know when you make a mistake. Like, like 
you can do something. Everyone else in the background is, oh my God, they, they missed the line or this went up late or that one early. And as long as you keep going, like the audience never knows it, right? And yeah. so like when you're working and trying to do something, you're giving a presentation, whatever you're doing, like just go full on. You make a mistake, don't stop, keep yeah. going. And, and it normally works out. Like that, that's my big takeaway from the theater. I'd love to yeah, hear yours. Uh, I mean, first, that's a great one, right? That That's a great one um, that extends beyond theater that you want the young people again to understand is like you, you will often be your biggest critic. Mm. Keep rolling. You know, you're going to, you're, you're going to be okay. You know, they, they've seen it exactly one time and it's the one time you're doing it. So there's little to, there's nothing to worry about. Now, the one I would say is, is that uh, nothing happens in a vacuum. You can't mm. accomplish any of these. There's nothing you can really accomplish by yourself. Yeah. Um, and when you, Build a community, a network, a team, whatever you want to call it, of people around you that you trust to be experts in their area. It actually gets so much easier to do the thing. You know, um, you talked about you had a scholarship in theater and then lights and sounds. You know, I mean, a, a, an actor, the greatest singer on earth uh, is no good if that microphone is off and there's no lights on. And the camera doesn't work and no one ever sees it. Then you just, then you're really just singing in the shower. You know, um, and, and uh, there are no rewards for that. So um, that sense of what it takes to do to accomplish something together is it, we see every single day here. And, and that is a, a lesson that you learn here, but is fully translatable to whatever you do. If you leave, if a person does theater as a teenager and becomes, becomes a, a, a world-renowned brain surgeon, you what? we've all seen enough uh, ER or Grace, I said ER, I dated myself. <laughs> Grace or, or whichever thing you want to say. When those are, there's a team of people in that room and, it, and it, they're working in concert with each other. So uh, no matter what it is, there, there's, that, there's that community, that together part of it. Uh, it requires you to build a level of trust. It also teaches you how to communicate effectively when um, when you want someone to, 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 to pull more of their weight or make an adjustment or whatnot, mm -hmm. you can't just yell at them. You know, you can't go, uh, you know, we recently, I'm, I'm an NBA guy. You recently saw the uh, Timberwolves. You can't be Rudy Gobert. You can't punch your teammate in the huddle. That's not, <laughs> not how it works, you know? And, and so what's the way that you effectively communicate? Okay, well, let's, let's, let's pull this together, you know? So I think that that is a really, uh, it's probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned. And then also that art, Art improves people. You know, we need a balance in our lives. Um, I, when we look at the education aspect of schools today and arts education being removed, you can see people need that balance. We need to work that other side of our brains. It, it's, it's a really important part. So I think that that's, that would probably be the other lesson. I know you only asked me for one, but I, I snuck another one in. Well, look, I, I'm going to let, I'm going to let that fly. I'm going to let that fly because I know I got backstage passes to the next present, uh, your next. <laughs> if you want to, I, I might be able to get you a walk on on Little Shop. You know what I mean? It's not a big pass, but I know, I know some people. Can I be one of the people who get eaten? Yeah. Who asks for that? Sure, man. So, so I know, so I know that you got to, you got to jump off, you know, um, I know you got to jump off soon. I, I would like to, I like to, you know, just open the floor back to you. Is there anything like to share with our audience as we begin to wrap up? Wow. That's a great question. Um, first, just opportunities like this are, are, are really important. I think that the, you're taking the opportunity to amplify unique voices 
but that are, aren't all in the same aren't all in the same vertical. This is when you look at a, 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 a podcast like this or, or a conversation like this, it reminds us that uh, we have to look outside of our lanes sometimes. There's something so valuable to to, to glean from each other. Uh, and with the people that have nothing to do with who we are day to day or what we do day to day. Um, I see it in this opportunity. I, I spoke about it earlier. I see it. It's one of the, 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 the gifts of having an audience of our size is that whether you're here in the free seats or you pay uh, 120 bucks to sit in the front or anything in between, there's, uh, we learn from each other. We share moments with each other. We share joy with each other. And that's, that that's an important thing that I, I want to remind people. It's like, you know, take this opportunity, watch something like the executive appeal, find those things that every week, every day, every month, they, they expose you to something else. We, we all tried a bunch of new things in the pandemic because we had time and like, we didn't know what was ha happening next. And I think we're better for those, those types of moments. I also see it again at our size, we have true musical theater fans. We have people that just want to go do something outside in the summer and they come here and they see something and their minds are expanded. We, we, we don't have to stop learning. We don't have to stop growing. The, we know the elasticity of our brain starts to reduce over time, but it doesn't mean they're fully rigid either. Um, so I, you know, I, I would say that, and I, I would say, um, you know, the thing I said earlier too, we all have to remember whether we're uh, young or relatively young people of color doing jobs that are not traditional or that we are the, you're the people that people traditionally see in those positions. We're an example to each other every day. Uh, we're an example to people that we know are watching and then we're an example to people that we don't know are watching. So, you know, walk through life thinking that you might be showing someone that has no idea the way to do something and, and believe that the way you're doing it is, is, what, is what you want to leave them with. And, and you know, the, those are my thoughts. And go see a play. But more, go, go see plays like the catchphrase people say. Go see a musical theater performance, specifically at the Muni in St. Louis. <laughs> um, if you're going to try one for the first time, like, why not try the best? You know what I mean? If you're, if you're going to eat, if you're going to eat something delicious for the first time, if you're going to eat one more meal, it's going to be five star, right? So come see us. So. Hey, look, Kofi, what's called, um, and I want to make sure everyone knows, you can, yeah, again, as you've been listening to this phenomenal individual this entire time, and he's been, you know, giving his references and his advice, you know, obviously this dated himself a little bit. It's okay. Um, but what I want to let everyone don't, don't, don't be afraid to reach out to him on MySpace. He's on MySpace all the time. And <laughs> you, you saved that until the end, which is <laughs> I, for the record, Never had a MySpace. Okay. <laughs> Tom wasn't one of your friends. But I still do get my music from Napster. So if that's <laughs> oh, sure. that was good. That was you. That was solid. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. See, I, I can be an actor, um, an actor. Because <laughs> um, payphone outside is the one I answer. <laughs> so. Hey, thank you so much for being here, brother. I, I I appreciate you so much, man. Thank you for having me. Really. Everyone, you know where I'm going with this. You know where I'm going with this. If you found anything of value in today's conversation, don't keep it to yourself. Don't be that guy, that gal. Don't just look back and say that person should have been here. Reach back. Bring them to the table. Click the share. Click the like. Leave a comment. 
please make sure that they, if you benefited from anything that was shared today and it, it, it set on your soul and your heart and making you change how you're looking at the world and how you're looking at maybe making some moves in the next few years, don't, don't keep it to yourself. Share with your friend, your family member, your colleague. And I, as I like to end every single one of these conversations, stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Executive Appeal with Alex Trumbull. I invite you to follow The Executive Appeal wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me, your host, Alex Trumbull, across all socials or via email for exclusive webinars, courses, and a speaking engagements on continued topics of executive leadership. So until next time, stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving.